Hello and welcome to Nick's Knack for Neologisms, episode 27, where we define and discuss the most amazing words in the English language. Last episode, we covered mercurial, nonplussed, perfidy, and eschew, and in this episode, we're covering replete, belie, billibuster, and terse. Four words that I actually happen to like. You know, my last episode, I gotta say, I like mercurial, but nonplussed, perfidy, and eschew. They just, you know, not my cup of tea. So I figured this episode, I would recuperate, give myself a little bit of a present by doing four words that I actually like. So here they are. Let's begin with our first word. Our first word is replete. R-E-P-L-E-T-E. Replete. It's phonetic. R-E-P-L-E. T-E, replete. It's an adjective and it means abundantly supplied or provided, filled. A speech replete with sentimentality, abundantly supplied or provided, filled. Or it could also mean stuffed or gorged with food or drink. It's kind of its funner definition, but usually when you hear the word replete, it just means filled with something. I don't know, replete with problems. Replete with food, though. That's kind of fun. Stuffed or gorged with food and drink. Replete. I like to feel repleted. Well, not really. I like to be replete, but then the feeling immediately afterwards of a full stomach does not feel good. And by the way, if you guys haven't have a problem with repleteness or eating too much, I highly recommend, you know, after you eat a little bit and you feel like 70% full, just drink a ton of water and then you'll be replete with food and drink. But it's better to be replete with food and drink than it is just food, right? Because then you'll end up with a really, really bad stomach ache. Anyhow, our mnemonic for replete is, I like to think of replete, I think of replete, right? And I think of complete, deplete. If we deplete something, we're taking away from it. If something is completed, it's kind of done or filled. They all, they all have to do with quantity, more or less. And replete has to be filled all the way to the top. So quantity is really important with replete, complete, and deplete. If something is replete, it's completely filled to the top. If something is replete, it's completely filled to the top. Hopefully that sticks in your head. Works for me. That one works pretty well for me. All right, government government documents and official statements concerning integration are replete with romantic and ill-defined language. Government documents and official statements concerning integration are replete with romantic and ill-defined language. Concerning integration. I have no idea what this statement's about. This is all from sentencedict.com. Usually when I've read government documents, which I used to do, I used to read muni code, municipal code, because it kind of interests me. And it's kind of funny when you read some of the laws, but usually their definitions were decent. And I didn't think any of their language was replete with romanticism of any kind. It's kind of dry and boring language. But anyhow, the 300-foot test track will be replete with moguls, hills, and curves. Yes, I remember. I live in Colorado, and I go hiking a lot, but I'm not a big skier or snowboarder. In fact, I think I've only been once or twice. But you start out when you're learning on these hills. I think they're called like green slopes or green hills or whatever, bunny hills, bunny slopes, whatever, something like that. You guys can see I don't ski or snowboard. So anyhow, I looked at the slope and I'm like, this thing looks like a joke. And then I got up there on the bunny hill and I freaked out. It was, I went, I went way too fast for my liking. Yeah. I don't know why I'm talking about this. I think that sentence just reminded me of it. Anyhow, 
everything in her person was round and replete, though without those accumulations which suggest heaviness. Everything in her person was round and replete, though without those accumulations which suggest heaviness. She was a round person, a rotund person, but she didn't look heavy. Past inaugurations have been replete with stories of bruised egos and sour encounters. Replete with almonds, berries, walnuts, and pistachios, our sandwich bag was ready for hiking. Sounds like a good sandwich bag. Yes, so that so that is the word replete, abundantly supplied or provided, filled, or it can also mean satiated, overly satiated is when you would use the word replete. It's a good word. It's an adjective. I like it, replete. All right, let's move on to our next word, which is belie, B-E-L-I-E, belie. It's a verb, belie, and it means to show to be false, contradict. To show to be false, contradict, or it can mean to misrepresent something. To show to be false, contradict. His trembling hands belied his calm voice. His trembling hands belied his calm voice, so maybe his voice is really calm, but then that's kind of being contradicted by the fact that his hands are trembling. Or it can mean misrepresent. To misrepresent, right? The newspapers belied the facts. So sometimes you'll hear belie either contradicting to mean contradiction or a misrepresentation of some sort. I would say it's maybe it's 50-50. I don't know. But belie usually will fall into one of those two categories. Contradict, show to be false, or misrepresentation of some sort. So our mnemonic for belie, at least this is the way I remember it, is it's got lie in it, right? The lie, which then cues me into some sort of misrepresentation or lying or deceit or whatever. And not to say that if you are misrepresenting something, you're necessarily lying, because I don't think misrepresentation always entails lying. You could unintentionally misrepresent something without actually lying, right? But more often than not, especially in the political realm and in the media, if something's being misrepresented, oftentimes lying is a component of that misrepresentation. Yeah? You guys agree with me or no? I don't know. I'm just talking out my mouth. But yeah, so that's the way I remember it. The lie kind of cues me into lying, contradictions, falsities, falsehoods, things of that nature. And then I can usually remember what it means. But if you see it in a context, yeah, you should be able to pick up the definition. So, belie. If we added V-E at the end of belie, do you guys know what we would have? Believe. We would have believe. All right. So here's my question for you. Do you ever believe those things you've belied? Do you ever believe those things you've belied? And if you guys are like me, whenever you learn a new word, you have to substitute the the word's definition where the word is so that the sentence actually makes sense. Let me give you an example. Do you ever believe those things you've lied? Is the same as saying, do you ever believe those things you've shown to be false? Or do you ever believe those things you've contradicted? What's the answer? No. No one ever believes those things they've belied because no one believes things that are false that or that they believe are false, right? I don't know. I just thought that was kind of fun. You can go around and start asking people if they believe those things they've belied. And they're going to look at you funny because no one knows what belied means in that context. But, well, maybe some people do, but I don't know. Most people don't. Why would you want to know belied anyway, right? Her energy and youthful good looks belie her 65 years. 
Her energy and youthful good looks belie her 65 years. You guys ever you guys ever met someone who like who's like that? Their looks belie their age. Yeah. I met uh, a woman uh, a few days ago who was probably in her 50s, but she looked very healthy, like she stayed in shape and all of that. And yeah, I would say that her looks belied her age. I don't even know how old she was, but yeah, the gentle slope, the gentle lower slopes belie the true nature of the mountain. The facts of the situation belie his testimony. The facts of the situation contradict his testimony. The facts of the situation belie his testimony. The acts of the enemy belie their words of seeking peace. All right, let's move on to our next word, which is filibuster. I love this word, by the way. I think most of us have learned it in high school, but a lot of us have probably forgotten it. Filibuster. F-I-L-I-B-U-S-T-E-R. Filibuster. It's very phonetic. F-I-L-I-B-U-S-T-E-R. It's a noun or a verb, depending on how you use it. And it simply means an exceptionally long speech used to impede legislation. So more often than not, you hear the word filibuster used in a political context. In fact, when I Googled filibuster and some examples of filibuster, I couldn't really find it used outside of a political context, which I think is kind of a shame because the word's fun, right? It's an exceptionally long speech used to impede legislation. But I think you could just say a filibuster is any sort of exceptionally long speech used to impede something, right? I think we can we can kind of switch the definition up a little bit. So if you're having a conversation with someone, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to tell you guys how it is. All right. (laughs) I'm just going to use an example. Sometimes I'll have a conversation with person A, right? And when I, when I talk to someone, I usually have a goal in mind. And maybe that, that goal could be as simply, uh, could be as simple as establishing rapport with that person, right? Or getting a feel for who that person is or what's important to that person, et cetera. So I'm having a conversation with person A, we're talking back and forth. And then all of a sudden, person B pops into the conversation uninvited, but, you know, they were in the surrounding area, so they thought maybe they, just, they would just drop in. And they sort of usurp the conversation. They take the conversation over, and instead of talking about what we're talking about, they start to filibuster, and they talk really, really long about something that's maybe a little related to what we were talking about, but not really related. And so through their filibustering, They've ruined, in my mind, the conversation. So I'm not a big fan of filibusters, although I do think it serves a, an, important, uh, an important political purpose. I'm not a fan of filibustering in everyday conversation. So please don't be a filibusterer, you guys. And I'm sure you guys can think of some filibusterers in your own life, right? That person that just interjects themselves into every conversation, and then they don't even keep the topic at hand in mind while they're talking. They just go off on their own rants. Like I am now with this harangue, right? All right, filibuster, an exceptionally long speech used to impede legislation. The way we can remember this, this is the best I got, you guys. It's related to preventing or inhibiting some sort of bill in legislation, right? So it's like a bill buster, a filibuster, a bill buster. And then somehow you have to remember that Usually, when you're busting the bill, it's through exceptionally long speech or talking about something. Or you could just sit up there and maybe your speech isn't long, but because you talk so slowly, it ends up being a filibuster. You know what I mean? 
So anyhow, a group of senators plans to filibuster a measure that would permit drilling, oil drilling in Alaska. The filibuster was a major obstruction to the success of their plan. Harry Reid, the majority leader in the Senate, needs 60 votes to break a filibuster. I don't know if you can break a filibuster. I have, have, have like no idea how Congress and all that stuff works and voting and laws passed and all that. So I didn't know you could vote out a filibuster. Maybe that's a thing. I have no idea. I just found this random sentence. Our conversation about a healthy diet was interrupted by my colleague's filibuster on the differences between fat and sugar metabolism. Yeah. Filibuster. An exceptionally long speech used to impede something, you guys. Yeah. Filibuster. Maybe there's maybe there's a time there maybe there's a time in your life when you can think to strategically use a filibuster. Just talk and just keep talking and then never never stop talking. Yeah. Filibustering. Filibustering, by the way, is not technically a word, but I think we can make it one. I'm pretty sure we can. Together, if we all start using filibustering like this, we'll be fine. All right, let's move on to our next word, which is terse. Pun intended. You guys will see the pun here. Terse is terse. You'll get what I mean when I say the definition. T-E-R-S-E, terse, T-E-R-S-E, monosyllabic, terse, adjective, and it means neatly or effectively concise, brief, as in language, or excuse me, as language. Neatly or effectively concise, concise, brief. So when you think of terse, just think of short and sweet. They're brief, terse. It can also mean abruptly concise, curt, or brusque. If someone's just very abrupt with you in conversation and they use, you know, one or two words or whatever, that would be considered terse too. But I like, I like, the, I like just conciseness, briefness, brevity, terse. There's something short and sweet. Just think of short and sweet when you think of terse. So terse itself is short. Terse, right? Terse is terse. Now you guys get it. Terse is terse. That's our mnemonic. It's a horrible mnemonic, by the way. I don't know if it's going to help you remember it, but terse is terse. It's short. Terse is terse. The White House issued a terse statement saying the president would not comment on the allegations. Are you feeling any better? No, was the terse reply. The unnecessary use of the word that often diminishes the terseness of writing. I would agree with that, huh? because sometimes I feel like that is too often used in writing, and it, it does detract from the terseness of what the author's trying to say. Although I appreciate the author's extensive vocabulary, his writing lacks the terseness of a clear and precise thinker. Terse. Short and sweet, you guys. Terse. Short and sweet. All right, so that wraps it up for our four words replete, belie, filibuster, and terse. Let's go through each one of those words and see if we can remember some loose associations or the definition of the word. All right, let's start with replete. What was our mnemonic for replete? I'm going to give you guys a hint. I mentioned replete, deplete, and complete. Noise. So replete means something that is filled to the top, completely filled with something. Replete. If something is replete, it's completely filled to the top. The 300-foot test track will be replete with moguls, hills, and curves. 
All right, let's go on to our next word, which was belie. Do we remember the the mnemonic or the definition of the word belie? Belie. Nice. It means to show to be false, contradict. And because it has the word lie in there, that's going to key us in to its definition. Our next word was filibuster. Filibuster. You guys remember the mnemonic for this one? Filibuster. We talked about busting bills in Congress. And how do you bust a bill in Congress? You talk forever. You know, I would love to filibuster in Congress. Man, I could talk about some crazy stuff. I would have a lot of fun doing it. I really would. All right. And then lastly, and now that I think about it, this didn't occur to me when I was writing these words, but lo and behold, you guys, Chigali, I think our last word terse is somewhat of an antonym to the word filibuster. (laughs) I'll be darned. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you guys remember what the word terse means? And we said, terse is terse. Yeah, it just means short. So terse. You will never, you guys, you will never, ever, 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 ever hear a terse filibuster. That I can promise you. Because it's impossible. There's no such thing as a short, long speech. Yeah. Wow, that just happened. All right. I think that wraps it up for episode 27. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already, please leave me a review on iTunes. And especially for this week, what I would like you guys to do is go to my website, nicksnackforneologisms.com, and then click the contact button, shoot me an email, and tell me what your favorite word is and why. And if your explanation is entertaining and delightful and interesting or whatever, I will share it with our listeners on episode 28. Bye-bye. Yeah.